Hello and welcome to Secrets of Organ Playing podcast. We are your hosts, Vidas Pinkavichus and Oshamut Zeta Pinkavichin. We've been mastering secrets of organ playing for more than 20 years and sharing them on this blog since 2011. On this show, which we create from our home in Vilnius, Lithuania, we strive to help you grow in every area of organ playing, including practice, technique, repertoire, sight reading, hymn playing, improvisation, composition, music theory, harmony, and many others. Our hope is to help you become a complete musician, or what we call as total organist, a program which we have created to help you reach your dreams faster than you would do on your own. If you are new here, we invite you to subscribe to receive free updates of this blog at organduo.lt. By subscribing, you will also receive free video on how to master any organ composition and 10-day organ playing mini course. And now let's go to the podcast for today. Hi guys, this is Vidas and Usha. Let's start episode 274 of Secrets of Organ Playing podcast. This question was sent by Henry. And uh, he writes, Thank you so much for the first video you have sent me, sir. My question is, what are the techniques for playing scales perfectly? How to play without looking the hands? How to look ahead? And lastly, how to prepare a schedule on organ practice routine per session? So, Osha, that's quite a few questions, right? True, true. I'm not sure if we are able to answer them in a detail, but let's try. Okay. That's The first question was, of course, about um, playing scales perfectly. Remember the first time you tried to play scales, Osha, in yes. your life? I remember it. I don't. So enlighten me. Well, I loved playing scales. Actually, that was the easiest thing for me. And I loved uh, skills exam because, you know, you don't have to memorize them, so it's very easy. You just let your fingers run. But, of course, I think the success of playing skills uh, well is to know to play them with the right fingering. And the secret of it is to know when to put the thumb Mm -hmm. under and if you, you know, know that, then it's easy. Of course, it takes time. It, it takes, you know, a lot of practicing hours. But definitely, it's, you know, playing skills is not the hardest technique. And people who are interested in scales can pick up um, a volume of um, Virtuoso Pianist by Charles-Louis Hanon. And, of course, on the in the second volume... Uh, or second part of that collection, there are exercises in scales and arpeggios and chords. So, so that's a good place to start. And of course, you know, when you are playing skills, you need to know when to add accents, because if you know if you are playing scale in C major, it means that you have to accent each uh, C note. Mm-hmm. Because otherwise, you know, if you will not accent correctly or won't use accents, then probably, no, you might lose the tempo 
and your, coordination between hands. Your hands will play not in time, not together, basically. Yes. Um, for me, the difficult part in playing scales was uh, playing in opposite direction um, with a few sharps and flats. I remember that. Especially minor scales, when melodic minor right hand goes upward with six and scale degree raised, and at the same time you have six and seven scale degree normal without sharps in the left hand in descending motion. And then they switch when left hand goes up, and then right hand goes down. With, with those accidents. Well, wonderful. I have never thought about it. It's difficult. Some, somehow I played it automatically. I'd never thought that it might be, you know, hard. But now when you're telling this, yes. For me it was it, hard. It might be confusing in some cases. Right. So next question uh, by Henry is how to play without looking uh, at the hands. Uh, well... You, it takes simply practice and obviously uh, knowing the patterns. Sure. I think it will come with time. For example, let's see, when I'm playing solo, I don't have to look at my hands or at my feet. Well, occasionally, of course, I look, but really, rarely. But for example, when I have to play organ duets with you then mm-hmm. it's more complicated because you know, sometimes you play the first part sometimes I play the first part and then we switch and then you know you have to sit at the different position a little bit higher or lower on the organ bench mm-hmm. on the left or the right side and then I think I need to look a little bit more because you know the keyboard Exactly. It's shifted. For me, I can play without looking, uh, but but then it's confusing when you go from manual to manual. You have to check sometimes. Or if you jump from octave to octave. True. So, occasionally you have to look, but, but in general your goal is you know, to... To learn to play in such a manner that you wouldn't be looking at the keyboard all the time. And the best medicine is, of course, to look at the score in front of you. Sure. The next question is how to look ahead. Right? Imagine situation you're playing a piece of music. And where do you look exactly in the score? Which note, Osha? Well, that's no, that's a complicated question because I remember since you no know, very early in my childhood, you know, teacher always, my piano teacher always telling me, look ahead, look ahead, think ahead, and I would always thought, how would you do that? No, but I would see that now I'm looking sort of half a measure ahead, or maybe a measure ahead. Measuring head is a lot. That's a lot. I would say half a measure probably. 
If the but also not in not in all no not on all occasions. If the tempo is fast, then half a measure maybe maybe it's possible to look ahead. But but if it's slow tempo, then maybe quarter note ahead is okay. But you know now when I think about what my teacher probably kept in mind about you know looking ahead was not not no looking right ahead but probably knowing knowing what it's coming in the piece in its structure mm-hmm. for example that you are you know getting to the end let's say if you are playing sonata at the end of exposition or you know that you know now you finish the first theme and the second theme will come and knowing things like this uh, you mean probably knowing the structure and feeling the phrasing a little yes, bit. Yes, yes. Which helps for the listener to also feel the structure of the piece. True. If you know the, the structure, then the listener feels the same. Yes, and I think that, that looking ahead, you know, comes easier when you know piece well enough. Mm-hmm. Not when you sight read. Sure, sure. The better you will know your piece, you know, the easier for you will be to look ahead. And the last question is um, how to prepare a schedule on organ practice? Uh, basically, what he means probably is how to know what pieces to practice each session, right? Well, it depends on what you are working on. So let's say you have 30 minutes of repertoire to prepare. Sure, and of course, I would suggest you know if you don't have a very strong technique yet, that you would do some you know some exercise first, some techni- technical exercise skills, arpeggios, chords, something you know, not necessarily a lot. If you are practicing only for half an hour, maybe spend you know five minutes on those exercises, and then start to learn you know the repertoire. And it depends on how many pieces. If you have only half an hour, I would study only one piece. Practice only one piece. Mm-hmm. And it depends, you know, if it's just beginning of uh, learning that piece, then you, of course, need to play right hand alone and then left hand alone, pedals alone, and then work all the, you know, things in combinations. I would just add also that um, Henry needs to look what pieces are the most difficult for him and start with them first. Sure, and you know, if you have a longer interval to practice, let's say hour or you know, two hours, then try to do you know technical exercises first and for a little bit longer, and then you know work on the piece that is the hardest on your repertoire list. And then things that you have already, you know, learned and maybe just need to refresh or, you know, repolish or, you know, to repeat, then practice them later on. Mm-hmm. And it's okay sometimes not to play entire repertoire in one session. Right? Sure, sure. Don't try to put everything in one session. Especially if you, that session isn't long. So if you're playing 30 minutes of repertoire and you're only practicing for 30 minutes, obviously you're not able to play even once 
entire collection of, of your repertoire because you're playing slower than in concert. So, and no, I would say that for planning your next session, next practice session, you have to know what will your main goal will be, mm-hmm. what you will want to achieve. This is called deliberate practice. And uh, we all know that it takes 10,000 hours to achieve mastery in any advanced field, and especially such an advanced field as organ playing, but you have to practice deliberately, not just playing for the sake of playing, but knowing your goal and trying to improve with each repetition. Sure, you know, you know your piece and know the hardest parts, and you know, maybe on your next session you will know that, let's say you have five hard spots in the piece. Mm-hmm. Then, you know, you will tell yourself that next time I will do the first two, you know, hard spots of that piece. And then, you know, practice them diligently. So, guys, we hope this was helpful to you. Please send us more of the questions. We love helping you grow. And remember, when you practice... Miracles happen. This blog is supported by Total Organist the most comprehensive organ training program online where you will find courses for every area of organ playing including technique, practice, sight reading, repertoire playing, hymn playing, improvisation, composition, music theory and harmony with hundreds of scores and thousands of exercises. Here is what some of the students are saying. Hugh writes, the sight reading course has helped me tremendously. Thank you very much for your SS courses and all your help. Robert writes, I found the fingerings, registration ideas and general comments to be excellent. John writes, I have found your download very helpful. It was really excellent. I have watched some of your teaching videos and when I read your instructions. I try to imagine you are there teaching me. You may feel disappointed that I am two three days behind, but I am a slow learner, and I have committed to taking the time to get it right as you say. But the other night my wife commented that she had never heard me play such a detailed melody in the left hand so well. My left hand is generally poor. Robert writes, It has been a great pleasure in my life of having discovered your courses and material as well as the YouTube work of recordings. You have a calm and pleasant way of teaching. Ron writes, Hi Vidasant Osha, thank you guys. What a wonderful response to my email note to you. You've got me right, and I feel you understand my level of playing. Yes, at home and lucky that I have an organ for that reason. I am paying attention to this, and I am going to try this haha no longer secret model. Yes, and I love Caesar Frank too. What is very nice about your blog podcast is that Osha and Vidas are like a Socratic dialogue, and by bouncing things off of each other, so much more information comes out and is expressed. Your comments contain a wealth of information and understanding. I really appreciate this. It is very inspiring and will keep us moving forward. Would you like to receive the same or even better results that our students are getting? If so, join them at organduo.lt slash total dash organist. And of course, you will get the first month free too. You can cancel anytime. 
Also, if you haven't yet subscribed to receive free updates of this blog, make sure you do that at organduo.lt. By subscribing, you will also receive free video How to Master Any Organ Composition and 10-Day Organ Playing Mini Course. This was Vidas and Osha from Secrets of Organ Playing. And remember, when you practice, miracles happen.